Hello, TTB community, and welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint Podcast. Each week, we like to bring you insight from travel authors, adventurers, conservationists, digital nomads, tour guides, and from our very own personal travel experiences. Joining me today, as always, is the incredibly flippant Elliot Shibley. <laughs> I just what? tried to find weird words, man. Um, so flippant, it is... Flippant? Flippant, yes. Okay. What did I say? I thought you said like flippant. I don't think so. Did I? Maybe. Um, well, you can let us know if you're when listening. I, when I go back and re-listen to this podcast. So flippant is making light of something usually regarded as serious or scared. So I think you've done that once or twice. And therefore, I will define you as being that. I can be flippant, yes. Yes, I think you can too. Okay, so who do we have today? So today's guest is Anshula. She is a travel blogger operating the site Passport to Eden. And today's episode is really about books related to travel and how she kind of ties that into her own travels. We talk about bookstores, book recommendations. We talk about her book club, some favorite quotes, and just everything related to literature and how that complements travel. It was a, a great conversation and got a lot of insight and we can like add that to our, you know, travel book recommendations list when we make one. Uh, so travel tip of the week is look up the most recommended local dish and then make sure you try it because it is recommended for a reason and it is a local dish. So you can't lose. But then after that, ask for a local's favorite dish and try that one too. Yeah. See if they're the same. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Check out some of the cool things we offer. How do you organize and plan your trip? So if you like to keep your trip organized like we do, you can use the travel journal and planner that we developed for our very own personal travel experiences. This will allow you to record things like the dates, the budget, the top destinations, the currency exchange rate, the time difference. It has a fillable calendar and it provides you the ability to write out your entire itinerary by the hour. In addition to that, it has a place to store reservation information, a packing list, a to-do list. And then at the very back, it offers you space to journal about your trip. You can find this travel journal planner on our products page, and once you download it, you have it forever, and you can reprint and refill it out for every trip you have moving forward. Now, if you do decide to purchase this, we encourage you to reach out to us with any tips to make it better. To help compile all of your info for the journal slash planner, we turned ourselves into cartoons to create a five-part video course that provides a step-by-step -step process to create the ultimate itinerary, including number one, navigation, number two, booking airfare, number three, blogs, research, and reviews, number four, itinerary building, and number five, safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. The goal of this video tutorial is so that you can become your own personal travel agent and learn how to be plan efficient trips now and forever, all the while saving you money to splurge on a nice meal or first-class seat for your next adventure. Yeah, and now, so if you still think that planning your trip is a little bit too much or you just don't have time to sit down and actually do it, I can personally plan your trip for you using all the information that we just mentioned. If you're interested in this, please send me an email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com or visit our service pages on our website, and we can meet over Zoom to discuss the details of your trip. You want to contribute to the podcast? If you work in the travel industry, you can join us for a travel roundtable discussion by submitting your information through the TAT form on our website. You can also send us a travel article via direct message or at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com for the monthly Travel Bites episode. 
Support us by wearing us. Go to redbubble.com to find awesome gear and merchandise of the Traveler's Blueprint. Some of the cost comes directly to us to help support the podcast. We definitely recommend the hoodie and the hat and maybe a sticker or a travel mug. Whether you purchase a product from us or just want to learn about travel alongside us as we interview our guests, know that we greatly value your support as a listener of the show. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. I'm Shula. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited to talk to you today about uh, Passport to Eden, which is a little travel community that you've created. And before we get into that, we want to talk a little bit about, about uh, where you're from and kind of your journey that brought you to Passport to Eden. We like to get a little bit of background on our guests and then kind of divulge and get into all of the things travel related. Sure thing. Um, I'm originally from South India, from a little like port city called Vishakhapatnam, and then I moved to Kingston, Jamaica, and then I moved to the U.S. So complicated question: where I'm yes. from? <laughs> I still don't know the answer. What what the appropriate answer to that is? Still trying to figure it out. Um, You're from all those places. I'm from what, all of those places. Yeah. When did you move to Jamaica, and then when did you move into the United States? So I moved to Jamaica. I think it was less than a year old so about one year and then i moved to the u.s towards the tail end of first grade so i think it was 2005 i can't tell you how old i was but i know it was 2005. all right okay so a significant majority of your life has been in the united states yes yeah okay okay and it sounds like you kind of moved around in the u.s as well yes so i was originally in virginia um and then we moved on to Texas, and then I'm traveling through the U.S. right now. So, nice, kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I think pre prior to recording, you said you were uh, outside of Nashville. Yes, doing a little tour. Yeah. So, what is it that you're doing right now, traveling around the United States? Um, so, basically, what I'm doing is I am just researching for different literary like travel guides that I'm writing, and just travel guides that I'm writing and that's that's kind of why I'm traveling around what what type of guide is there is there certain yeah so I yeah sure thing um I write pretty extensive guides on my website for some of the places that I've been to and so this is a I think I'm writing right now 22 things to do in Franklin Tennessee so my previous one was 40 things to do in Nashville and so yeah they'd end up being like chapters long like seven thousand words like five thousand to seven thousand words and so it's pretty extensive so i'm usually there for like a couple weeks in the location like trying to like figure out and talk to people and like figure out like what would you want to see like what are your favorite places in your city and go about it that way so do you talk to a lot of the locals yeah so i kind of go into shops and things and businesses like what are your top places where would you recommend people go to and i'll hop around different districts in the area kind of see like where people are going like what people are doing and then just kind of ask around nice nice so that's awesome so it's it's more focused on the local experience than um you know reviews online of like which restaurant is the best you're hearing from the people who work there and live there yeah it's great yeah. yeah. Like what like if that. somebody was traveling to your city, where would you like them to go? Yeah. Yeah, it's more of a it's more of a hands-on, uh less desktop research kind of guide. 
And I think yeah. most of the ones out there now, you just kind of look at them and you're like, oh, they definitely didn't do any research, hands-on yeah. research. The, the One of the perfect websites where I, for that is like TripAdvisor, where you go on and it's like top 10 things to see and do in blah, blah, you know, whatever city. Well, that's just and an it's algorithm. Just so, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so templated. And it's like, this is these are the things that people talked about the most. So therefore, we think that they are the most interesting things to do. And obviously, that's not the real world situation. Yeah, yeah that's definitely something that I found out. Like, for example, like when I was traveling to Nashville, and then when I did my Nashville guide, I thought the Grand Old Opry would be like the thing that everybody recommended. But it turns out that most of the locals prefer that people go to Ryman as the experience instead of the Grand Old Opry. And I was like, that's really interesting. Um, so Nashville locals would recommend that people go to the Ryman Auditorium tour. If you have the time, do both. But if you have, if you pick one, go for the Ryman. Oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's very interesting. Oh, and that's, so that was the original Grand Old Opry. Yes, it was. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Bob, you did your bachelor party there in Nashville and we, uh, did, did not do a lot. We didn't of go it. to the Grand Old Opry. No, no, we did not. <laughs> touring of bars. Yeah. So what what sparked this interest in travel for you at an early age? Well, my family was always moving around. So I always had experience with travel in the sense of like moving to different places and in the sense of like kind of quasi being a local in like different cities. And so I really like travel in like that sense of like moving around and exploring a place and then finding like my roots or like my place in a city and then just experiencing it through that lens and so I don't think there was like a singular moment that I was like I like to travel I think it's just always been a part of my life and at this point it's just like yeah, it's part of me that's yeah. really that's kind of interesting. what you're good at yeah so I think a lot of people that have stayed in the same place have a slight fear of travel because they're not used to that or they don't have that ability or even that experience of going to a new place and establishing those roots. And because you've done it so many times, it is almost familiar. And you have, I assume you have a system now, whether it's yes. known or not. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm actually I curious, think I'm more what scared is your of... system? Oh, I was saying, I think I'm more scared of like staying in a place yeah. for a really long time. But for my system, I don't really, I well, I guess I kind of do have one. Like I got down the routine of like, packing and moving and kind of like figuring out my bearings or knowing like what are the first couple places that I want to go to or like trying to see like driving around seeing where are people walking what are the walking spots like what are the parks so I kind of go about it that way okay. but then for this like but deciding like where to move this is not really a system for that it just kind of happens yeah uh, mm. so I, I still think that's kind of kind of interesting because i think a lot of travelers that like to go to a different place and get more of that local experience they don't necessarily go into a coffee shop and a bar and just start talking to the bartender or the the barista and say hey you guys live here uh what do you guys recommend to do and then just kind of establishing that relationship and if you're going to be there for in your case multiple weeks it's kind of nice to have a regular spot to go to and then continue to build that relationship yes yeah, that's an interesting way to, to go about travel. Like uh, what you said with it not being, um, it's kind of just who you are as as an individual and like you're not going out of your way. Like most people go to travel to sort of like get outside of who they are and experience something outside of what they're used to. <laughs> but you, the process of, of, of being nomadic 
is is who you are that is your comfort zone so I yeah think, right I think instead get of, of your comfort zone you need to stay somewhere for like 10 years right right the <laughs> challenge for you is to <laughs> is to like take on a mortgage payment um yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's really interesting that's i think pretty unique and pretty cool um mm -hmm. yeah so one thing that we're going to get into today that I'm really curious about is your book club and how you've sort of married books to travel uh, on your website. So yeah, um, how did that begin? I started my book club, I think, in January of 2020. And that happened because I knew there was an interest in my readers from a, like an interest in books because I referenced books a lot on my website and I was just quoting them or saying this place reminded me of this book and that place reminded me of that book. And because I was doing that a lot, I saw that I created a community of a lot of people who just really, really loved books. And so there was like, hey, do you have like book recommendations or like, what are your book recommendations? And so I was like, okay, um, why don't we do this? Why don't we just try out this book club and let's see where the where it goes. And so I used to do two books a month for the book club. Now I just have like a list that I put up at the start of the year and we kind of like have a general reading list for like one book a month that I'm planning on reading and I'm interested in reading or one that I've read and I would recommend. And okay. so I have that list there. And then usually I have a discussion. I think I was just traveling the other day. So my discussions are usually on the last Friday of the month. I kind of moved this one to Monday for this month because traveling and so sometimes i'll put yeah. that last minute notice but usually we have like some sort of if there's a discussion or people want to comment on the book if people want to share their thoughts on the book that's also available i think most people just use it as a reading list and um i just try to make the list as diverse as possible in terms of like there will be nonfiction, there might be a short story collection there might be a fantasy book because i think travel can appear in books in so many different ways and there's so many different perspectives of travel that can just be in so many different formats of novels. And mm -hmm. so I I kind of like to explore that a little bit with the book club. But yeah, at the start, there was in January, there was a little bit of a buzz around it. And I think it tapered off in February. And then when the pandemic hit, everyone's like, oh, okay, book club. Yeah, we can do <laughs> yeah, that. <right. laughs> and so we were like, yeah, we have something to do now. And so, and then after that, it just kind of really took off. It really took off because pandemic which is awful but also <laughs> right. um i'm glad that it was there at that point in time yeah 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 you help people um it's really interesting so so that so you don't they're not necessarily all travel books in like the traditional sense which is also really unique i saw i'm on your your book list now for 2022 and you have the hobbit is the first one that's for january uh and then the next one it looks like a woman in a grocery store train strange weather in tokyo yeah um that's a Japanese book and translation. And so this one is literary fiction. It's very short. It's a, um, I would describe it as a literary romance, but it's that there's not really like a romance aspect to it, but it is just very mundane days of um, this woman Sakiko's life in um, Tokyo. And she is just kind of navigating life. And she also has, um, someone who she's a companion with, who she just refers to as sensei. It is literary fiction, but you also get these like slices of Japan through it, um, which is what I appreciated about that book. One that I see that you put for, I think, 2021 that I actually just purchased the other day was The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. Yeah. 
I bought it for my kid, uh, my daughter. She's only four. She doesn't really, she didn't grasp all of it, but it is such an awesome book. Did you, yes, did you I like love it? that book. I love that book so much. Yeah, I know it's highly, highly rated. People seem to really love it. I just discovered it. And yeah, so each, each animal, uh, well, there's the boy and then the three animals sort of have their own personalities and deal with their own things and they get together and, um, it's, I don't know, I don't, I don't, it's not like a self-help book, is it? It's. No, it's um, just, I, it's hard to describe because it's almost like this curation of sentences that just make you feel good, but also teach you so much about life and yeah. the journey of it. And I kind of think of it as like kindness, just in a book, like how to be kind, how to be compassionate just within yeah. a short children's book. It's such a nice book. Yeah, Elliot, that's a, it's a good one to get. I'll have to uh, look at that one. Yeah, Elliot has a kid on the way. Oh, like uh, yeah. Kindness is in short order these days. Yeah, yeah. So do any of the books that you've read recently stand out to you in, in as it relates to travel? You know, it, when we're talking travel books specifically, adventure books, uh, cultural books where people are exploring or under, trying to understand a new culture, do any, any really stick out to you? Um, yeah, one that I read recently that I really, really enjoyed, and it was also a book club pick, it was Hungry by Jeff Gordonier. And so basically this book is, Jeff Gordonier is a journalist, and I think he was a New York Times writer. And so he started following Rene Redzepe, who was the um, restauranteur behind Noma. And he started following him as he went on different trips around the world. So they went to Mexico, they went to Australia, they went to a bunch of different places. And the way Red Zepe runs Noma is there's a lot of very intense things like foraging and like finding ingredients on site. So he talks about travel to that perspective, like the perspective of like Rene Redzepe's like business and ethos and mm -hmm. what he believes in. And so I thought that was very interesting. I think it's officially listed as a memoir, but I think the parts about Gournier himself are maybe only like, if you added up all the pages might be a chapter long, but it's mostly Rene Redzepe's lens. So it's a, it's a biography, but also like a travel biography which I thought was just really interesting and fascinating. And I hadn't seen a travel book done like in that way before. And so I was really excited about it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That is. And, and searching for ingredients has to be one of the best ways to understand the culture. I, I mean, if you understand yeah. the ingredients that make up their food, it's, it's hard to get more intimate than that. Yeah. Well, you understand, you understand the environment and individual or the, the people's relationship to the environment through food. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think makes a great travel story? What, what do you look for in a book? I look for, oh, I like so many different kinds of books. It's very yeah. hard for me to pick, but I think for me, something that just sticks out is just trying to reframe a mindset or reframe the way that you're looking at something. And it just, if somebody's like learned a lesson or they've been humbled by it or they have more kindness or they've come out of it stronger of their travel experience in some way um i think that to me is what makes a really good travel story yeah yeah did you did you happen to read eric weiner's book um geography of bliss no i haven't read it yet no do you, are you familiar with it do you know have you heard of it i've it? heard of it i've seen it in bookstores i've seen it in the travel section and i've kind of contemplated it i haven't actually gone out to buy it yet. Yeah. no i just finished it uh, like a few weeks ago it was pretty good i re i really enjoyed it um 
it, it's about him searching for essentially what makes a country happy versus a country that is is miserable and is it money is it their uh community um so he explores all the different you know pillars of what we sort of think is the foundation of happiness and how some countries have them and it's very contradicting you know some countries have strong communities but are still miserable and so yeah. it's int- it was i found it really interesting now, the, really the addition that you have is that an updated one or is it yes. the original 2008? No, I, I think I, I have the updated one. Okay. Because I would be really curious to see how that's changed. Because, I mean, post-2008 is social well, he, media. He hasn't tried. He hasn't done it again, has he? Well, I didn't know if he incorporated some of the stuff. Because, I mean, there's been a lot that has happened in 14 years since it's been written. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, he goes to he goes to Sweden. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I think he goes to Sweden first, then Switzerland. He spends time in Bhutan, Qatar, Thailand, Singapore, um, Singapore, Iceland. Um, There's a, a lot. England, of England, and the United States. I think that's it. But um, yeah, I, I it's really cool. It's really cool. Like Iceland to me. Oh, Moldova. He goes to. Uh, Iceland was one of the coolest uh, countries, I think, in that book in regards to how their culture is sort of developing and and their happiness. I don't want to give too much away, but highly recommend it. Oh, I definitely want to pick it up now. Yeah, <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Well, they use the gross, uh, gross national happiness or... I don't know if Iceland does. Bhutan is the one that established that. Yes. Yeah, but uh, a Bhutan. few other countries have picked it up since then. They have, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Iceland was interesting because they're sort of developing their culture now, like in real time, is what is what he sort of, that's how he essentially perceived it. Um, they're young, they have this nice city, but they don't get a lot, like they, they rely heavily on tourism, and they have this really strong up-and-coming art scene. Um, they don't have a lot of words for a lot of things outside of Iceland. So they're they're sort of like creating their language and expanding their language in real time. And so there's this drive to like create an Icelandic culture there, which I found really fascinating. Hmm. That sounds really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been there. Have you been there? No. 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 I haven't been there. So uh, with, with all of these books that you've been reading, with all of your travel to all of these different towns, cities, states, um, have you started to compile a list of bookstores that you like? Yes, I have lots of bookstores that I like. In fact, um, I think in 20, at the end of, yeah, and no, it started in 20, I'm trying to remember which year, 2019, before the pandemic, I actually started blogging every single bookstore that I was visiting because it was so many and yeah. Um, some of my blog readers were like, you go to so many bookstores and they li- some of them live in different countries and they don't have access to bookstores there, like in their towns. And so they were like, can we see these, like these American bookstores? Because there seem to be so many. And so I was like, yeah, I can do that. I can blog them and I can show them to you guys. And so I started doing that. And so I do have like a list of bookstores that I absolutely love. And that list is constantly like growing and yeah. So my top bookstores at the moment, one that I really love is located in the Barrio Logan district in San Diego, and it's called Libe Lula Books. And so this bookstore is, 
it's a wonderful like community space. They opened up, I think, pretty recently. They do so much work for the community. Like they provide computers. They they're very active and involved in that district in helping the kids, educating the kids, like providing them a space to like make art, to read. And so I absolutely love the community aspect of that one. It is a I think the bookstore itself was also built on a lower budget. So they have aluminum bookshelves. So it just kind of goes to show that you don't need the super fancy, like wooden oak bookshelves to like have a bookstore. Um, You can just have these like very simple aluminum shelves and just let the books on them speak for themselves. And so I found that to be a really like beautiful experience just because they carried books from like every walk of life. So it was everything from... They had LGBTQ books, they had like indigenous authors, they had black authors, they had Asian authors, they just had so many different perspectives and it didn't feel performative. I do feel like some bookstores, they have like a separate section and that does bother me personally because they'll like separate it out, but this was just all integrated on the shelf. So nothing was like separated out and it was just absolutely wonderful. I just love that bookstore. It's, it's kind of small, but it, it, it. Functionally, it is one of the best bookstores that I have been to. There's something so awesome about stepping into a bookstore. I don't even know what it is, but I feel it. Like I love, I love walking into a bookstore, and I have so many books. I know this is like a, a theme among readers, but I have so many books that I haven't read yet, and I just still love being in the bookstore and walking away with a new book, even though like the way my book list is out, it's like yeah, I might get to this in three years, but uh, I, I just need it now, and I, I want it, and I just I don't know. It's yeah. weird. Uh, my wife, my wife has a fantasy of um, owning a coffee shop bookstore. Yeah, I mean that sounds awesome. That's, that's, yeah. that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, those are two great <laughs> things together. Yeah, I love airport bookstores. Uh, I don't know why. Um, I, I guess I'm in airports often enough to where if I walk by one and I have the time, I just browse it uh i've I've picked up some books there's something to me like awesome about getting the book in the airport and then bringing it on the airplane and like cracking it open and yeah you know small things in life (laughs) yeah so so um do you have any book recommendate like the biggest ones like your top whatever three top five that you think had the biggest impact on your travels your life okay um yeah it's a big question right big question Um, I have books that have influenced me personally, and then I have books that I guess I would recommend if you're just like getting started with travel Mm -hmm. books. So I guess the one that the one that had the biggest impact on my life personally was just it's I have two very cliche answers for this. So the first is The Alchemist by Paula Coelho, which is the most cliche answer there is. But the reason is because when I was young and I was in Jamaica and my mom was like combing my hair, she would read this book to me like because we take breaks I just have a lot of hair so she (laughs) she would like take breaks and so she'd read this book to me and that was the book that taught me how to read it has very simplistic language and so she would go through it with me and she'd teach me how to read you that so that one is probably the most impactful book for that reason because I remember learning how to read through it Mm-hmm. And that itself is also a travel story in and of itself because there's a shepherd boy and he's going to Egypt and, you know, he's, he feels like there might be a treasure there. And so 
Um, I really love that story for that like deeply personal reason. And then the other one is um, Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert, which is also one that people have very much a love-hate relationship with. And I just really appreciate how um, self-indulgent it is. And I really love the fact that she's just, she's gone to these countries and she's made a decision for herself and it's not like for anybody else. And I, I really appreciate that for that book because sometimes it's, it's okay to be a little bit selfish. And so I think that's what that book kind of teaches. Like it's okay to just put yourself first sometimes. Um, and that can be in very different ways. I mean, in her case, she's going from Italy to India to Bali. And I understand that might not be affordable for everybody, but there are other little things that you can do and just be like have little self-indulgent moments. Yeah, that's a book that I, I've heard mentioned so many times. I don't know if this is fair to say, but I, I believe that the book is more written for a woman. Like, yes. Okay. And that's sort of the the, the impression I got. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't actually picked it up because I didn't know how much I'd be able to relate to it. Uh, but I know it's mass, it was massively popular, right? And, and the other one that I never have picked up that I think I actually will is uh, Into the Wild. No, I'm sorry, not Into the Wild. Which, what's the one that Reese Witherspoon um, – Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Wild, yes. That's one I do actually want to read. But I, I, but again, I think that was maybe a little bit more focused towards the woman demographic. But yeah, that's... That one's pretty intense. It's very grief-driven. Mm -hmm. um, right. If, if you look up content warnings, I would recommend doing that for that book because there there's lots for that one. It's, it's pretty intense. Oh, wow. Uh, give me one second, guys. Uh, my wife got locked out of the house. <laughs> sure. No problem. Sure. So, okay, so those those are the, you would say that those are the two that had the biggest impact on you personally? Yes, those are the ones that had the biggest impact on me personally. I would okay. still recommend reading Eat, Pray, Love outside of that if, you know, if female and you have a chance. So that one just because I like it so much. Yeah. Okay, so uh, any other recommendations? For people, I guess, who like young adult books, I would recommend Wander Love. This is by... Kristen Hubbard. So I came across this book first because one of my blog readers told me I'd really love it. And it's one of their favorite like travel books of all time. And I was a little hesitant to read it because I didn't think the cover, like, I know I shouldn't judge a book by the cover. <laughs> the cover of it was like, hmm, am I going to really like this book? Because it seemed like a little too romancy for me. And so I was like, well, maybe not. But when I read it, it was entirely different. Um, they need a new graphic designer for this book. Right? That's what I personally <laughs> think. And we just need a new cover design for this. But um, it's absolutely like a beautiful book. It's about this girl. I think her name is Bria. And I read it a while ago. And she goes on a trip. She wants this trip of a lifetime. She signs up for a group trip. It turns out that the group trip is for older travelers and she's 18 but it's it's like a retirees group trip and so she accidentally ends up in that group trip and she decides okay well what if I break away from the group what if I just go and explore Central America and so there are these beautiful descriptions of her finding herself and also like looking through Central America through all these different lenses and kind of this is her like really her first time traveling so you get that first time sort of traveling perspective and I think it does capture that really well like the first time like your eyes are open to like all these new and different things and you're just like growing um, and so I thought that was absolutely a beautiful book so if anyone likes young adult books I'd highly recommend that one and then another one 
that just takes a different perspective is Midnight in Mexico by Alfredo Cruchado. This one was a book club pick, I think so a couple of years ago, but I think it really uproots the definition of a traditional travel novel. So this one, I think one of the like top magazines or something called it like a political thriller. It is not a political thriller. <laughs> I don't know why they described it as such. Like there is nothing thriller-like about this. It is really his memoir. It is about his life and him. He's a journalist. And so he's looking into sort of the um, Mexico's drug-torn narrative, but he's also like Mexican-American. And so he's looking at it through that perspective. And so it looks on this like almost darker side of travel, like we can go, we can see the tourist sites and we can enjoy ourselves, but there are also these different things that are going on. And he really speaks about it through the lens of someone who just really loves the country that he's from. He really loves Mexico, but he's also not like oblivious to some of the issues that are there as well. And so that's a reminder that wherever I am, I shouldn't be as oblivious to some of the issues because it's very easy to fall into the trap of just seeing the tourist sites and seeing a city through just that lens. And so he offers a very different experience and it's his personal story, his personal experience. And I, I think that's like another book that I would recommend and I really enjoyed. That um, and awesome. then, yeah. yeah. And then the last one, I think, is um, Autumn Light by Pico Iyer. He's probably known for his, like, he has a lot of travel quotes that are just general, like, Instagram bios. <laughs> They're, like, very popular. And so he has a ton of, like, very popular travel quotes. But he, um, he wrote this book called Autumn Light, which is about stillness after travel. So this is after he stops mm. traveling and he finds like these still small moments of every day. And it is a very, I would describe it, if you like plot driven books, this is not for you at all because it is absolutely slow. But I think I loved it being like, it, he, because he was a travel writer. And so at the time that he wrote this, he was not really travel writing, even though this does offer some like travel snippets, but he, um, it's it's just so slow. It's so like slow paced that it's it's completely different from the fast like flight to flight like yeah. like just drive to drive pace. And he offers this completely different perspective of like that world shift and that like sudden pause. And um, I think that's what's absolutely beautiful about that book. What what is it again? So I tried finding it. I've been I added a, f a few to my uh, book list on Amazon as you're saying them. Autumn light. Yes, autumn light. It it didn't come up on Amazon. Uh, who was who it by again? Pico Iyer. Got it. Okay, there it is. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I think the, the post-travel stillness is really interesting because um, my wife and I really like the Appalachian Trail and have always considered doing a through hike. But the I th it's uh, uh, Bryson. Bill Bryson. Yeah, he has uh, a book about, you know, doing the Appalachian Trail and then the post-trail depression that a lot of people get because they're not on it anymore and they're not having that relationship with uh, nature and having that drive to complete something. And I think travel is somewhat the same way. You end up taking this really high energy, not maybe high energy is the right word, but you're experiencing new things. You have a heightened sense of awareness about everything just because you're in a new setting. And then when you're back from that trip, it's not just that you're going back to your daily life where you have to go back to work, but there is something that is um, 
I guess, less exciting and a little bit sad about not being a traveler anymore. Yeah. The, and and the this post-analyzation of your experiences is massive, too. I'm definitely going to read this book because I, I love this topic. And it's more, more of an analysis of just it's it's more his like story and that sort of his experience and the slowness just comes through it's much more subtle it's not like a direct analysis yeah Hmm. but it is a lot more subtle in that regard of just like if you've seen like i've read some of his previous books and they're a lot more fast-paced and so this one just it definitely comes across because he's in a different place and so it's just that stillness just really shines through in the text Mm -hmm. interesting nice yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, so many good yeah. travel books because I, um, we have one of our rapid fire questions, which we do at the end of the episodes, is you know give us your favorite book recommendation, and we've gotten so many, so we're gonna have to change. We we have changed that question for you, but this is awesome because we usually I think we're eventually gonna have to create a list of all of the book recommendations from past guests and just kind of like put all of these in the show notes so that people yeah. have them. Well, that's, I mean, Elliot, that's a good segue. Um, So one thing that I've done in the past that I really enjoy doing, and I don't know if you do this personally, is before I go to a country or a new destination, I try to get a book on that place uh, just to, you know, beef up the context because it just enhances the experience, in my opinion. Um, Do you have any, like, country-specific books that you think you'd recommend anybody going to, you know, wherever? I don't think I have country specific books because I I haven't been to a lot of countries outside of the US apart from like Jamaica and India, like the places I've lived in. Mm-hmm. And so I can't say if the book is actually maps to that mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. And so I would be hesitant to recommend. I, I can feel like I'm in another country, but how accurate right, is right. that book yeah. is not something that <laughs> right. I personally would know. Um so um kind of thing let's see yeah um maybe for i do have a list on my website of books for new orleans in particular so i do have like city specific ones yeah and i did do that for like a while and so one of them okay so one of the ones that i really like is the beautiful by renee what's her last name I don't know what her last name is. I like it for the way it describes New Orleans. Now, this is not one of my favorite books of like all time in terms of its content or like the fantasy story or anything to go along with that. But I really do like the way it describes New Orleans. And then another one for that particular city is Evangeline of the Bayou. And so this one is a middle grade story. So if you have like younger kids, that's one I would recommend. And it's about um, a girl who's like a haunt huntress. And so she goes down to the bayou and she um, finds a, like, it, it's it's a mystery story. I don't know how to describe it without like spoiling it, but it's a little bit of like, um, I would say like a, like one of those spooky fall middle grade books that okay. is also kind of like a cozy mystery, but also is just very atmospheric and really like sets the scene of the place very okay. well. Maybe like- Almost like channeling a uh, Nancy Drew. Yeah, for a little bit of an older audience, but yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. Hmm. I would you agree that reading a book, 
is like the best, like the next best thing to actually being able to travel to that destination. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's gotta be. I mean, what what, what yeah. can, else can compete with that? Uh, right? That's what makes books so appealing. They offer insight on something that you might not get to experience on your own. Well, I think the nice thing about of reading as compared to, you know, visual media is that you end up producing the visuals yourself. And if you're if you've never <clears throat> been to a country, yeah, you may have seen stuff on TV previously, but if you don't know what that's like or that specific city, then you'll kind of make that up in your own head, which is kind of cool. I mean, you you end up creating the place that you think it is. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what happened with me when we went to Peru together. So as leading up to Peru, I started this book. It was called Turn Right at Machu Picchu. I don't remember the author off the top of my head, but I know it is one of the most popular books on like traveling to Peru. I think it's, it's not a secret that a lot of people read this before they go there. So I started about, I started a few weeks before and I got about halfway into the book and I was learning about his time getting to Peru, meeting a few of the guides, and then going out into the Sacred Valley where he then travels through and explore, explores all of the ruins. So for the first half, I'm reading it and I'm taking in his descriptions of the ruins and the jungles and the logistics of travel. And then we get there and we're essentially tra tracing this same steps. And now I'm seeing the ruins and experiencing the jungle. And so that was awesome. I thought that was really, really neat to kind of have him paint the picture in my head and then seeing it which they differ they did they did for me I, it wasn't exactly the same right so but it was it was a neat experience yeah 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 so what are your what are your future plans where do you uh, where do you see a traveling um over the next few months or years but then b what how would you like your i guess blog to evolve oh okay um I I don't think at this point I can like think or predict anything regarding the state of travel because so many things are shifting and changing. And as I would like for my blog to grow and I would like for there to be like a larger community and more readers. But at this moment, I'm actually really content with where my blog is at now. So if it continues to be at this like place that it is now, um, in five years, I'm also okay with that. I think if you asked me this question maybe three years ago, I would have been like, I want my readership to grow. I want my blog to go. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm kind of in a really happy place right now. So yeah. I'm at a place where it's like, it's okay. I mean, we can relate, but I actually. like for more readers maybe, but do I really care? Not that much. Yeah. 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 That's funny. That's sort of where we are with the podcast. Um, at one point we were pushing and we really wanted to make it grow and build the largest community that we could and and it's slowly it, we've scaled that back and really are just focusing on enjoying it and doing it and talking to people that we have things in common with uh, about the things that we love and if it grows fantastic if it if it doesn't we're okay with that too but obviously it feels good to have a community behind you and have people share it you know share in the in the in the conversation and the experience and um so we do want it to grow but we're not necessarily trying to make it grow, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. 
So we we really appreciate. You well, wait, on. hold on, hold on. Oh. I want I want some quotes. I want some oh, quotes. Oh my gosh. We did. We did. We about this before. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm a big quote person. I love them. I admit <laughs> to me they're so Matthew McConaughey actually put it in a really fun way. So I read his book called Green Lights, which I really enjoyed, and he called them like bumper stickers, um, oh. and like because because that's what it, like in a way it is like he'll just slap a, a quote. It's like a bumper sticker, and it. If it speaks to you, if it's something that you enjoy and you understand, like it's it can be very complex. Just reading three words to you can have a really complex uh, uh, meaning. So anyway, um, what are some of your personal favorite quotes of all time in your favorite books? Of all time. Oh, okay. Um, one of them is travel didn't just help me make sense of myself. It helped me make sense of those closest to me. And that is from All Over the Place by Geraldine de Rudier. That is a book that just describes, um, she's the blogger behind The Everywhereist. And so that she um, has traveled all over the place. And so she describes a series of her experiences and it's a very comedic book. It is a book that will make you laugh. Um, it is funny and I absolutely love it. But that particular quote um, is just, it's really about like when you're traveling with your family or you're traveling with a partner and it, it helps you see different sides of them, like how they think, how they process information, how they react to new surroundings. And so all of those things can help you make sense of the people who are very close to you and also allow you to see them in a new way and a new perspective. So it's not just the city, it's also the people in your life that you could be traveling with. Um, and so that's why I really love that quote. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, you know, like how they say, like, you should move in with somebody before you marry them, but maybe, you know, go on a go on a trip first yeah. and, and go on your go on a long vacation somewhere unfamiliar to either of you to really get an idea of if you want to spend the rest of your life with that person i mean i think <laughs> i think the tv show um amazing race really embodies that quote because <laughs> those those mm -hmm. people often have never traveled together before or they have but not in the same uh i i guess intensity and having to do those challenges with travel really brings out who those people really I've actually be. never I've never watched. I've that never show. seen that. Yeah, oh, the Amazing yeah. Race. Yeah, no. so Amen and I uh, thought about applying for that uh, basically every year since we turned eighteen, and ended up never doing it just because we like we uh, every time we thought about it, we're like, oh, we got to make a video, we got to do this. There's a, a very intense application process, but we loved watching the show, and I think it's still on. It might be in its wow. like thirtieth season. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but it's fun. I mean, that was that was a way one of the ways that i kind of got into travel because i was like oh that's really cool they would just do all of these like cultural activities at these different places all over the world and it's only like a two-week trip and then there's one couple at the end that wins it all hmm. yeah very fun and shula what are, what's another quote that you have <laughs> um another one is Okay, this one is from Eat, Pray, Love, and it's very cliche and it's very popular, but I still love it. And that is, I am loyal and constant in my love of travel as I have not always been loyal and constant in my other loves. I feel about travel the way a happy new mother feels about her impossible, colicky, restless newborn baby. I just don't care what it puts me through. That's that's a great quote. Yeah. It is. I just, I, that's the pretty much that's... summarizes how I feel about travel. Jeez. And I think it's wonderful. That's one of the reasons why I love Eat, Pray, Love so much. It's just my copy is so highlighted because it's filled with things like that that just really resonate with yeah, me about yeah. this is how I feel about travel. And she has some like great quotes on that 
as well. Oh, that's such a good comparison too. I have a newborn right now and they can be difficult and it's just, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how difficult your child is. And I love that. Yeah, I can relate to that as well. It's pretty good. Um, how about one more? Okay. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. <laughs> That's a good one. Too um, many to choose from. I mean, you did collect close to 10 of them. I don't know who told you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So this one is from the Unlikely Pilgrim. Pil- oh, my goodness. I'm not pronouncing well today. Um, this one is from the Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry, and it is, if I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, it stands to reason that I'm going to get there. I've begun to think we sit far more than we're supposed to. He smiled. Why else would we have feet? And so I love this book. It's about a man who just walks. I forget how many miles he walks. I think it's like, it's over a hundred miles. He walks to see his friend who is dying, Queenie. And it's a fictional story. It's very similar to A Man Called Uwe, um, if you've ever read that or heard of it. And it's a lovely book. And he describes a lot of his thoughts while he's walking, even though it's a fictional story. And um, to me, that's a reminder to just sometimes walk to a place because even if like, I know something can be like a mile or two away and sometimes it'll just like have the need to like drive out there. But if you walk, there's a lot that you can see. And um, I love the part of why else would we have feet apart from yeah. to walk. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's a wonderful quote about that. It's a great quote. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, that is good. Awesome. Anshula, we appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Uh, before we get into the rapid fire round, as Elliot indicated earlier in the episode, can you tell us uh, where people can join your book club, where people can find your blogs, uh, your social media, all that good stuff? Yeah, so it, my website is Um I am a hard person to find on social media because it's Passport to Eden, but I never post there. So I really apologize about that. And um, my book club is the book club tab on my website it'll it'll just have a tab and then that's updated with the latest like featured book club post and the listing so it's just all on passportedin.com awesome awesome so rapid fire uh the the general theme here is whatever comes to your mind first but it doesn't have to be a short answer okay all right so first question is what is the first word that comes to your mind when you hear the word travel Walking, I guess, because I just said the quote. But that's why I'm like, but that's not the answer that I would pick on any other day. So this one is normally book based, but we're gonna switch it up. Which movie, travel movie, had the biggest influence on your life? Well, I guess just movie in general. I've not watched a lot of travel movies, so let's go with let's go with like a Hobbit or something because yeah, I, I really haven't watched that many. Very inspirational. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going on an adventure. That's, yeah, that's a big trip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're doing a lot of walking as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number three is what is one practical practical thing travelers can do right now to enhance their next travel experience? Talk to someone. That Love is it. what I would say is just talk to one person, even if it is the person in the coffee shop that you're getting coffee from. Hey, what's there to do around here? I mean, obviously, if they're like not in a mood to like talk to you, you can get definitely have those visible cues and things like that. But if they seem like friendly or chatty, then, you know, just go ahead and like talk to them or even if it's like a one paragraph response that you get from them, that's something that can show you like a new direction to see in a place or a new like way to look at a place. 
Yeah, love that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. What is one thing that travelers should not do? Not do. Um, stay, stay and just stay in a resort. That is what I would say. Just yeah. Yeah. like if there is a resort area, just at least get outside a little bit. Just don't just stay in a resort. Yeah. And if you do stay in the resort, don't just say you went on vacation. Don't say you travel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is what is one, one piece of advice you'd give to yourself 10 years ago? Piece of it. Um, believe in yourself. That is what I would say to myself 10 years ago. Believe that you can do something. And it might not be what you're thinking of, but that you can make it and do something that you're really passionate about. Love it. Yeah. That That is a... a timeless pieces of advice as well yeah yeah that's good for now too <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh Anshula, again thank you uh thank you for your time this was this has been like a long time coming i think we talked to you originally yes. like two months ago so maybe even more than that so thank you uh for coming on today and maybe we can do it again another time thank you so much for having me thank you thank it you. was a pleasure talking with you guys thank you i did not need an excuse to uh create an even longer reading list but now here i am with a longer reading list but i'm excited I, I know i'll get to them eventually um what are you currently reading right now do you have the time to um i've got a few i i started i mean i've been reading baby books of course um mm -hmm. i'm reading jurassic park oh. you know, the original Michael yeah Clayton. i've read that uh -huh. yeah, yeah it's great yeah. and then you know i watched the movie um just to like get a frame of reference see how similar they were because Amanda read it too, but yeah, there's there was a lot in the the book that they spread out across several Jurassic Park movies. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I think this is like a this conversation with Anshula is perfect timing because you know New Year's is right around the corner, so you can create your 2023 reading list and get that ready to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some inspiration. I'm I'm inspired. I'm inspired. Yeah. Me too. Me too. So thank you for listening. You can follow us on social media. Give us a rating on iTunes or any other platform. And a review would also be incredible. You can support us through Buy Me a Coffee as little as a dollar a month or as much as you want. We will not limit you. And you can also support us through getting some of our merchandise. A little bit of proceeds come back to us. Share this with your friends and family. Get a blimp. Share it with the world. And stay safe. Stay healthy. And tune in next week.